Good afternoon. This is Dr. Dan Guerra, the Authentic Biochemistry Podcast. Today is 14 November 2023. We're still on um, Biomedical Portrait 6. This is chapter number 4. Remember, we're dealing with a broad description of natural killer cells. Cytotoxic, lymphocytic, innate immune cells, which kill tumor-invaded cellular populations, as well as virally infected cells. Natural killer cells are known for those two phenomena, right? <clears throat> Ablating tumors and for destroying uh, virus-infected cells. So that's enough of an intro. And we, I promised you that I would take a look at what happened since 2019 relative to that dendritic cell uh, antigen-presenting um, adjuvant-enhanced vaccine for melanoma. And I did look at that. Um, there are a lot more details that I'm going to report to you. And maybe later on, we'll get into all of those other details. I'm just going to give you a, um, yeah, a synthesis of what I found. Now, for natural killer cells in general, the activation is regulated by a balance between two different types of signalings. One is activating and one is inhibitory. Now, are those contradictory? Not necessarily. Remember the square of opposition. I'm not going to go into detail. If you don't remember the square of opposition, please go back. It's the logical uh, framework by which we ask questions about how two different components can be organized within one system. Okay, I'll leave it at that. So you have a balance between activating inhibitory signals for NKs for their target cell. And that will determine whether or not that target cell is going to be tolerated. And that's what the NK cells should do, should do to all of the host cells so they don't kill them or attacked and destroyed. It's a cytolytic effect. So a lytic immune synapse has to be generated between the two cells, the NK cell and its target. The granules, which contain uh, perforin and granzymes, among other uh, molecules, are migrated from the NK cytosol to the synapse. And then they fuse with the plasma membrane and release granzymes into the target cells, inducing ultimately the target cell apoptosis. Okay, so you understand how that works. So you have an activating receptor, which can react and which can bind to an activated ligand on the target cell. Activating receptor on the NK, activating ligand on the target cell. <clears throat> but there's also the inhibitory receptor, which is profoundly expressed in the surface of a natural killer cell. And if it binds to its inhibitory ligand on the target cell, you will not get cytolytic event. Okay, I'll give you more detail of that, but you get the idea here. Okay. So it's basically a two-component system. Now, I remind you from the paper we're um, examining from 2019, <clears throat> one of the take-home messages of that paper was they did a phenotypic analysis of the natural killer cells that actually infiltrated into the tumor. And they found the CD56 dim 
CD16 minus natural killer cells were dominant in that in that tumor environment, the melanoma environment. And when they did a transcriptomic analysis of the melanomas, they saw an increased CD56 dim natural killer cell signature in patients that seem to have potentially a better clinical response. So you see, this is giving you some indication why they look at those individual surface cell um, markers like CD56. Now, there are several proteins on the surface of natural killer cell, not just CD56 or CD16, or remember CD57. There are many. And some of them can potentiate the activating receptor or the inhibitory receptor, or both. Okay, so there's a lot of detail that we were not really getting into for now. Interestingly, in the same year that that paper was published from the Pittsburgh group, there was an Italian group that published in Frontiers of Immunology in October of that year, <coughs> the following. And I'm just going to be just parsing up the, the basic abstract of the paper. I don't have time to go into it. They were, again, looking at a TME, tumor microenvironment. They were using a dendritic cell vaccination, and they wanted to determine its efficacy. They did both quantitative and qualitative analyses on tumor infiltrating T lymphocytes. Of course, those are nicknamed TILs, T-I-Ls. And they wanted to know what was the uh, variation of those TILs within that microenvironment induced by the vaccination. And they used, again, an autologous tumor lysate homogenate loaded dendritic cell similar kite to the paper publisher in the year from the other group. And they looked and they had 16 patients and they were studying metastatic melanoma, people with the disease. They did an immunohistochemistry for CD4 positive, CD8 positive, FOXP3, as well as Granzyme B. The PDL1, that's the program death ligand one, and finally, HLA class one, and they were doing this on tumor biopsy, okay? Before and after they did the uh, dendritic cell vaccination. They did a density of each marker and they quantified it uh, using digital pathology analyses. They found the co-expression of markers defining functional phenotypes. What kind, for example, FOXP3 positive regulatory CD4 positive T cells. I already explained to us what, what those are. Those are T regs, card carrying T regs. And they looked at this granzyme B positive cytotoxic CDA positive T lymphocytes, the CTLs. So they weren't looking at NK cells here, but they assessed those two cell lines, the regs and the cytotoxic. CD8 positive, um, and they saw a significant increase in CDA positive tumor infiltrating lymphocytes post-vaccine biopsies of the patients who were not previously treated pharmacotherapeutically with an immune-modulating cytokine, which is one of the therapies, or with Ipilimumab, 
ipilimumab, which is a monoclonal antibody. So, so without those pharmacotherapies, they saw an increased CDA positive till in the tumor microenvironment, these melanoma patients. Now, along with a maintained tumoral HLA class 1, remember that's the MHC for humans, expression of that particular protein, after DC vaccination, they found a significant increase in program death ligand positive tumor cells which is going to which is not going to work out well but was significantly correlated with intratumoral cda positive t cell density so the cells made it into the microenvironment but what are these cells going to be confronted with pdl and you know that these cda positive t cells have a pdl receptor Yes, so the ligands produced by the tumor, and you know, the CDA positive T lymphocytes, the cytotoxic T lymphocytes, are going to have a receptor for it. Whether you think it's going to happen? Well, that alone might explain why there is a lack of cytotoxic reactivation of the CDA positive T cells once they're in the microenvironment. Of course, why? Because the ligand binds to the receptor and it shuts down those CD8 positive T cells. You see, common problem in tumor uh, vaccine associated pharmacotherapy. That's why there are these immunotherapeutics out there which block the PD system and the CTL4 system, right? We talked about these multiple times over the last year. Now, just to finish this paper published in 2019, October, from an Italian group, <coughs> they say DC vaccination can maintain or even generate de novo a T-cell-associated tumor microenvironment. But the strength of that activation detected post-DC pharmacotherapy is lessened because of that associated concomitant buildup of the program death ligand in the tumor. Okay. So the reason I told you this paper is to let you know that people are studying this DC immunotherapy, dendritic immunotherapy, is there, as late as at the end of uh, 2019 into 2020. Now I continued on with some further e examination. Here is a paper published, um, I think, by at least one of the members of the group in 2019. And they describe this paper published in Frontiers in Oncology in 2023. So it's very recent, May of this year. They describe 12 different circulating T and natural killer cell subsets that are significant differentially at the ba from baseline level in melanoma patients who later relapse with respect to patients who remain free of melanoma disease. So they have these 12 parameters they were looking at that showed good prognostic accuracy, and apparently 11 of which predicted that relapse-free survival. Okay, And in fact, of those, three of those classifiers, these are going to be like cell surface markers, protein activation, all this, actually predicted overall survival. So they looked at immune cell subsets, and they looked at surface staining technology 
to pick out those three subsets. They found regulatory T cells and the CD56 dim CD16 minus natural killer cells, as well as central memory gamma delta T cells. Okay? Each subset showed an area under the curve as AUC. And what AUC does is integrate repeated assessments during a trial duration into summary measures. They had an AUC of greater than 0.8, which is good. And they also had a principal component analysis and significantly grouped the relapsing and the non-relapsing patients with a nice p-value of uh, 0.034. So they say those three subsets, remember what they are, regulatory T's, which you might think would be negative here, but apparently not, CD56 dim, CD16 minus NKs, and then those central memory gamma delta Ts, okay? They say those subsets were used to calculate a combinational score that distinguished the relapsing and the non-relapsing patients. And there they got an area under the curve of one, okay? So what they say is there are predictive markers. These are cell types, and the ones I just told you, that can maybe help future clinical trials to guide patient selection for personalized therapies, particularly on vaccine-based associated adjuvant therapies in melanoma. Now, remember, one of those subsets that gave a classifier to predict overall survival was CD56-DIM, CD16 minus NK. And didn't I just tell you that that previous paper in 2019 showed CD56-DIM, CD16 minus NK cells were the dominant subset of melanoma tumors? And, that, and they had a better clinical outcome with that CD56-DIM NK. Okay, so that's four years later. So there's your follow-up, okay? Now, one more. A first in-human randomized pilot phase two clinical trial. This is a paper published in Journal of Immunotherapy Cancer, where they did combining vaccines targeting overexpressed, of course, non-mutated, but still tumor blood vessel antigens plus a tyrosine kinase inhibitor in human leukocyte antigen A2 plus patients with advanced melanoma. Now, these might, this paper might be the one that was linked to the 2019 paper, now that I think about it. They took patient monocyte-derived type 1. We could, you know, I'm going to put it all in the show notes. So, anyway, dig what's happening here. Patient monocyte-derived type 1 polarized dendritic cells and this time they were loaded with HLA-A2 presented peptides derived from tumor blood vessel antigens. And these peptides are DLK1, EPHA2, HBB, NRP1, and a few more. They injected this intraderminally as a vaccine, sounds similar, into the upper extremities every other week into these patients. Patients then randomized on one or two treatment arms, receiving either oral desatinib, desatinib is the tyrosine kinase inhibitor, remember, NIB inhibitor, um, 
and then uh, let's see, uh, um, oral desatinib, 70 milligrams two times per day, beginning in week five, or in one week, it's RMB of the trial. Trial endpoints included T-cell response to the vaccine peptides, guess why, and uh, the response they're looking at interferon gamma, okay, I guess is the major readout, okay? They also looked at other tumor, blood, and serum profiling uh, expression of, of glycoproteins, probably. So 16 patients with advanced stage cutaneous, 10 of them, and mucosal 1 or u- uveal 5 melanoma patients were, were, were observed, 15 of whom had previously progressed on programmed cell death protein, 1 blockade. Remember before we talked about blockade of PD, right? Of the 13 evaluable, that means when they could measure patients, six of them developed specific peripheral blood T cell responses against more than three of those vaccine-associated peptides. Remember, there were like six of them. Further evidence of an epitope spread uh, developed specific peripheral blood T cell response. Okay, and the epitope spread according to those three different markers. All six of the patients with specific CD8 positive um, T cell response, these are CD8 positive. Now, they're not looking at NKs here. To a vaccine targeted antigen exhibited evidence of TCR convergence, that's the receptor convergence, all in association with preferred clinical outcomes. Okay, which um, showed stabilization of disease. That's called SD. Seven patients failed to respond to the vaccine. Okay, and so one of them I think was be, uh, was with, and one of them, and the rest of them were without that uh, tyrosine kinase inhibitor desatinib. Okay, so tumors in patients exhibiting. Response to treatment displayed evidence of both innate and adaptive immune-mediated inflammation. And, of course, that linkage with T-cell receptor convergence, which means now you're getting an amplification of a signal. There will be a proliferation of the T-cells that have the same receptor to those antigens. Okay? So they conclude that combined vaccination against, they were now remember they were using tumor-based vessel antigens, the TBVAs, Plus that desatinib was both safe and resulted in a coordinated immunological and or objective clinical response in six of the 13 patients. That's almost 50%. Okay. So this paper then is showing you how you can use antigens in your vaccine along with the, that increase in uh, enhancement. Now here they weren't using an adjuvant. They were using a tyrosine kinase inhibitor along with these antigens. And they were looking not at NK cells, but they were looking at cyt- uh, cytotoxic T lymphocytes. Those are CDA positive T lymphocytes. And then they were showing a T cell receptor convergence. Okay, So that's all of the follow-up I've done. Uh, that's sufficient. Okay, Now you get the idea of what goes on when you take a paper published earlier on, 2019, and that one I just went through, I think that was a 2021 paper, that was the same group of people following along using their, their basically their um, 
immune uh, associated antigen inducing enhanced vaccination to target melanoma cells in patients. And the first paper that we talked about, the natural killer cells, and then that paper that came out subsequently showing that they were on the right track with that CD56 dim, CD16 minus natural killer cell population. But then that one paper told you that the cytotoxic T lymphocytes were turned down because of that program death ligand. Remember? So now you get the idea how you're starting to focus on uh, using immunotherapy, like that is um, blockading the death of T lymphocytes because the tumor will generate ligands to induce apoptosis on top of adding antigens, which will enhance the T cell activation and infiltration into the microenvironment of the tumor in these melanoma patients. So now you're starting to see a combination of clinical trials along with good, sound biochemistry and cell physiology, immunology, to be able to get closer to a potential um, combined immunotherapeutic for melanoma. You know, melanoma, if you don't get through that early stage and get rid of it surgically, you're very likely to develop metastatic cancer. And yeah, it's very lethal, like within a year. Right? And I'm sure all of you have heard of this or know people that uh, who have family members who had uh, been um, diagnosed with melanoma. Some of them make it if it's caught early, and many of them end up in um, in very bad state. Okay? So let's continue on with this. Now, among all the innate immune cells, Remember, this is a, this is a biomedical portrait about natural killer cells. So we got to get back to them, okay? But that's why I told you all about the different T lymphocytes. I didn't I didn't give you the full blown three hour lecture on T lymphocytes like I did when I was doing uh, immunoepigenetics. So I just gave you that really brief summary. But anyway, among the innate immune cells, NKs are their most definitive in the precision of their agency. Okay, and it's responsibility of NKs to maintain a really, really close balance between physiological surveillance of host cells and then an abrupt militarization of action upon stimulation using a basic repertoire of cell surface protein receptors. Now, I already told you how they function, right? You have an activating and you have an inhibitory. So there are multiple cell surface proteins. Now, the paper that I'm looking at was published in 2018 in JBC. Here they're talking about natural killer G2D, the DNAM1, natural killer P30, P56, and P44. See, these are all cell surface markers on natural killer cells which are playing a significant role in their activation and their ability to be cytotoxic. Now, with a contradictory induction, they are under the control of suppressor receptors that inhibit their killer character. And those include 
killer immunoglobulin-like receptors such as CD94 and KG2A. Okay. So besides surveilling as agents of target cell lysis as in clearance of virally infected or malignant transformed cells, these NKs will perform to a, to a good degree an inflammatory response. Hence, they're implicated as innate lymphocytic agents of autoimmune diseases because they, when they go uh, off the marker of the inhib inhibitory control over host cells, they can be associated with autoimmune diseases. And one where they have been recognized as being a major player is in RA, rheumatoid arthritis. So that's why I brought that in. Now, paper publishing cancers gives us a little bit more detail here about what we want to talk about. I think I have five minutes left, so let's just go into this. There's a theory called the missing self theory, and this was first derived for NK cells. The theory suggests that natural killer cells could recognize the loss or absence or at least reduction in surface expression of the MHC class 1 proteins. Those are, of course, the human leukocyte antigens, HLA class 1 in humans. Remember back when we were talking about HLA? Triggering recognition as non-self. So if there is not MHC class 1, otherwise known as HLA class 1 in humans, then the triggering of recognition of non-self can occur because MHC isn't there, you see? So that's a missing self. Now, hum that's a theory that came out. Now, human inhibitory natural, uh, natural killer cell receptor killer cell immunoglobulin-like receptor, that's called the 2DL1 or the KIR2DL, not only detects reduction of the MHC class 1 protein, but recognizes non-MHC1 molecules, such as non-proteins like glycans, lipids, and the protein collagen all of which appear to be very significant for natural killer cell discrimination of self versus non-self. So upon engagement of cognate ligands, the various natural killer cell receptors send both activating and inhibitory signals, which seems contradictory, but they're not, because they collectively determine the cognate nascent natural killer cell action. Okay, so that all I was able to derive from a cancer's paper in 2020. Now, moving on, natural killer cells kill infected and transfer cells by delivery of lytic granules. You know this. The granules are loaded with proteases plus the pore-forming proteins. So you've got perforin and you got the granzymes. You also got a release of the cytokines like TNF-alpha and interferon gamma, and the upregulation of FASL and TNF-related apoptosis-inducing ligand trail by antibody-dependent cellular cytotoxicity. Yes, 
So you see these natural killer cells are carrying out multiple roles here to regulate other T lymphocytic activation and sequelae that could trigger a hyperimmune response. So this is why natural killer cells are so fascinating. You know, you might think, well, they're just killer cells, right? Well, no, they're not just killer cells. They're carrying out a communion of events, recognizing cell from non-self, generating cytokines that can cause other uh, T lymphocytes to show up, but also generating even programmed death ligands to suppress a potential over-response and hyperinflammation, as induced by, say, TH cells. Right. TH1s, TH2s, TH17s, remember? That's why you also see showing up in the tuber microenvironment as a beneficial T cell subset, T regs, right? Because T regs also have to tamp down the immune response. Because an overshooting of the immune response is not going to do any good to the rest of that cell population that is not involved in tumor growth or metastasis, or in the case of an infection. See? So I'm going to stop there. That, hopefully that gives you plenty of contrarian, activating inhibitory understanding signature markups, all related to natural killer cells. Plus, I think we resolved that whole uh, vaccination story, at least to some satisfaction for this simple biomedical portrait we're doing here. Inauthentic biochemistry, that is, it's not inauthentic, within Authentic Biochemistry Podcast. Okay, fix that. On the 14th of November, 2023, Dr. Dan Guerrero saying bye for now.